The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it Wednesdays here at Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Hope you're doing all right. A lot to talk about, a lot to listen to with Matt Rule as he spent time with the media session today and plenty to get into with NIL, quarterback discussion, uh, more NIL running backs on to year two. So we'll hear from Coach Rule. We'll check in with Mike Babcock from Hale Varsity, get his thoughts, and then uh, more in our two more Nebraska football thoughts. It's weird that the season's over and it's been over for a little bit, but on to the off season, on to year two, says Coach Rule. Some recruiting updates. You won a big time battle for Grant Bricks. Uh, kudos to Nebraska football for that. And uh, you have Carlon Jones reopening his recruitment. We'll tackle it all. Evan Bland also going to join us in hour two from the Omaha World Herald. You're welcome to jump in. 489-1240, 489-1240, the number to get in. 800-825-5865. Toll free wherever you hear us across the state on the Hale Varsity Radio Network. Always check us out on the stream. It's uh, it's it's so much fun to see folks new and and uh, consistent folks checking in. Hale Varsity YouTube channel is where you watch that. Elijah, you got your sleeves rolled up. You're ready to go. You had a night of bowling. You apparently had a night at the gym. Gym before bowling. Uh, get all swole so you can make those pins crack. All the way around. Gym after bowling. Ah. Bowling's the nice warm-up. Ah. And then you sneak that was, in the gym That was session. your, what, two-and-a-half-hour warm-up session was the bowling? It was only about an hour 45. Okay. An hour 45. So. And it was a good night. I averaged a 187 on the night. Beautiful. Took a lot of points, so that was good. Uh, it was leg day at you were the gym, there so less good. But... You, you, were, you were there for your team. Oh, yeah. I, I, I stepped up when it mattered. We're, <laughs> we're in second place in the league right now. I'm not sure if that performance is enough to get us over the hump and get us back into first place, but it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, and then the dreaded leg day. Uh, well, <laughs> listen, uh, let's start with Grant Bricks before we get into Coach Rule, and we'll, we'll dive into the, the going rate for quarterbacks, and, and Matt Rule laid that out between $1 and $2 million for – what the, the portal costs, uh, the cost of business are, and that that is reality, but it just seems astronomical. Uh, it's more than some backup quarterbacks are getting in the NFL, quite frankly. But uh, on to Grant Bricks. Nebraska just, just never took no. And when you look at a guy like Grant Bricks at 6'6", 280, the vicinity was right just across the river in Iowa, not far so vicinity was big for Nebraska on this, and I know Bama had an offer out there for him, but you've got two programs that are just better right now on the field than Nebraska in Oklahoma and Kansas State. Kansas State not far removed from a Big 12 championship. Oklahoma not far removed from a playoff appearance, right? So the Sooners have, have been uh, part of the Final Four. Uh, the Sooners have... Uh, had uh, lots of success on the field despite the whole Lincoln-Riley situation. 
and Coach Riola, Nebraska, just never said no and kept uh, on the tails here of, of Grant Bricks and won this recruiting battle. And it was just so cool a few weeks ago to see that Husker 18-wheeler there uh, out out front of, of Bricks's high school <laughs> and then to see it kind of come full circle on social media with Bricks's announcement in the video where he gets in to the equipment uh, 18-wheeler, gives that horn a big old pull, couple of tugs uh, down in the Haymarket. So uh, A-plus on the video production there. But that's a big win for Nebraska. And you look at this 2024 offensive line class, you've got Bricks, you've got Peters, you've got Pyle, Tamua, Davidson. You've got your five offensive linemen. And if you want to go get more, well, you can look at Portal or you can look at Juco. Uh, you got you still got Big Teddy P that was able to finish out this year after coming back from injury. And uh, Elijah, you got to be excited about the commitment to develop on the offensive line, and that's where you're going to win football games. Rule was asked about the offensive and defensive line, how they competed. We'll hear that in a minute. But that's where you're going to make your money. Uh, not only in the Big Ten, even the new Big Ten, but as Nebraska wants to climb the ladder, that's how they've done it for years. That's why you have all those trophies and championships is because you were better uh, in that war of attrition and you just had dudes. You had NFL dudes and Nebraska made them uh, and made them at a great level for a lot of years. And you had the depth of numbers. So uh, when, when you had your pipeline graduate, Uh, The guys that were waiting their turn in 95 came in and didn't really miss a beat. It was pretty impressive. I know I hearken back to history, but that's that's how you're going to keep building this thing back to where it needs to be on the field. Yeah, and like clearly the storylines this offseason are going to be less about Grant Bricks and Preston Tamu and about the incoming offensive linemen, but Whenever you look at any level of football, the best way to hide inconsistent quarterback play is a strong running and game, off. a strong offensive line. <laughs> oh, guess what? Your, your, your quarterback's got 10 it's, seconds to throw the ball. It makes him two. look a lot better. It's third and two. You hand it off, right? You hand it off. Oh, you don't go empty. Or you get to third and two instead of third and six because you hand it off on first down for four yards. You hand it on, on second down for four yards. Now the defense has to think, are they going to hand it off for four yards again, mm-hmm. or are they going to run a little play action just – Send the tight end out in the flat and pick up an easier two yards that way. What's, what's it going to do? I mean, the best way to hide that inconsistent quarterback play or that subpar quarterback play is the offensive line. Is that a recipe for a college football playoff berth? Is that a recipe for a Big Ten championship? Georgia's pretty good at it. Michigan's pretty good at it. When push comes to shove, I know they have they, they have more than capable. Throw, they have they have very good quarterbacks. They don't they don't have subpar. They have par quarterbacks. Their, their quarterbacks aren't hitting for birdie. They aren't hitting for eagle, but they're hitting for part. Nebraska they're obviously the had quarterbacks way. that could hit the fairway this season. But, I mean, Iowa made it to a Big Ten championship game this year with a quarterback that hasn't hit a fairway all season since he came in. Not the right fairway. But you do enough. You have a great <laughs> defensive line, a great front seven, a, a good enough offensive line. It can hide some of the deficiencies of that quarterback spot. I'm not saying that Nebraska should continue trying to run an offense with a subpar quarterback like Iowa has tried to do in recent years. But it is 
sometimes the easier fix, as Matt Rule got into, we'll get into this here in a second, then, then maybe paying $1.5 or $2 million for a, a one-year rental at the quarterback spot. Maybe just investing in the offense line is a better way to go. Husker fans won't want to hear it because that insinuates a longer build. It takes time to develop those guys along the lines of scrimmage. But you look three, four down, years down the road, these guys could be the guys that are potentially leading you to a 10-2 and two type season, even if they don't have a quarterback. Well, and to be honest, by, by midway through a second year, uh, you're going to try and get a guy some reps in game to see if he can hang, and you'll be able to tell how he's practicing, how he's progressing. So the good news is Grant Bricks, uh, you're able to, to round out your offensive line class, super athletic, and he comes from a run-heavy offense where he's really talented at firing off the football and just mashing folks. It's going to be a transition for many to go into the Big Ten at this level of football and be adequate as a pass protector. So that's but, but on, th- on the flip side of things, one of the things that I've thought about, how many times have we heard from Charlie McBride when talking about guys making position switches on the defense? It's easier to teach a guy and start from the foundation than have to tear down just to sure, get to the foundation, to, to break down those bad habits before you instill some good habits. That could be a net positive that, you know what, Donovan Norello, you don't have to break down any poor pass habits, pass protection habits, because he doesn't have any pass protection habits. I don't see a single pass protection highlight on his entire senior season no, highlights, his, on his entire junior his film season said, highlights. you see that end, you go kill it. Yeah, I'm not sure that that team threw the ball once last season. Didn't um, have to. They didn't have to. But, like, from uh, an offensive line coach's point of view, from Donovan Morello's point of view, it could be seen as a positive that he never had to throw the ball in high school because guess what? You don't have any bad habits you have to break down. You can start from the foundation. Let's get into Carlon Jones and uh, Carlon Jones, a four-star defensive lineman, an interior guy that uh, is extremely quick, 6'3", 270, size, strength, agility, and uh, one of those guys that you move from the uh, probably interior defensive tackle, that three shade, to the outside. And and he's a guy that out, out of Bay City, Texas, Nebraska, identified early. The rest of the world said, oh, wow, this is some senior film we like. How about you come to Columbus, son? And uh, Carlon Jones uh, posting uh, last night that his commitment is now open. And the backstory to this is, listen, he has a couple of other places he'd like to visit. Sounds like he's thinking maybe about a late signing session in February and uh, the uh, the tweet out there by Potros, Nebraska's defensive line coach, I, I think explains it all. And it wasn't directed at anybody and just reading into here. But uh, yesterday's price is not today's price. So when it comes to NIL, you wonder if uh, Jones maybe had uh, more of an NIL offer from Ohio State or was coming back to Nebraska for whatever the NIL um, arrangements may have been, but Nebraska, if you're Nebraska, you just you move forward, right? If he wants to uh, keep looking and go visit a couple of more spots, if he likes Ohio State, Nebraska's not going to want to force anybody to be here, and then you don't want to have to constantly re-recruit to keep somebody here. You just move on. Really talented guy, a guy you want in the class, but you're going to have to try and make do, assuming he doesn't end up coming back to Nebraska. But I think uh, that ship may have sailed if it's Ohio State and maybe some other options. And what a, a tweet I saw last night, I can't remember who it was, but it seemed to fit my thoughts well. If for whatever reason the trade you had to make to get Grant Bricks was you let Carlon Jones walk, 
I think that's a trade that the Husker coaching staff and a lot of Husker fans are willing to make. If you remember back to Carlon Jones' recruitment, he was a low three-star when Nebraska found him. They were down in Texas, and it's Matt Rule's connections mm-hmm. in the state of Texas, recruiting Bryce Turner from Bay City, Texas. And they find Carlon Jones while they're down there. They're on him early. He's uh, one of those late bloomers that Matt Rule talks about. And it, it, this brings me back to a quote from a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago from Matt Rule. Uh, following Carter Nelson's visit to Notre Dame, he's kind of asked in a roundabout way. And he said, there's tier one guys and there's tier two guys. There's the tier one guys that you're going to continue to recruit whenever they look around because they're that important. And then there's the tier two guys that if they're going to look around, you know what, we'll go find space for somebody else because we want somebody who wants to be here. And if you want to shop around, it's not worth our time. Carlon Jones has official visits set up in the month of December. The, the, the Twitter sleuths have gone through his Twitter likes and it seems like there was an element of he was unsure about playing time at Nebraska with the, the freshman Cameron Linhart. Prince Will getting playtime this year. Ty Van Robinson Poppel. coming back. Van Poppel there was concerned about the playtime. Was concerned about the NIL factor. Sounds like maybe he could make some more money elsewhere. And then he goes and starts shopping around. And Nebraska, I think, considered him a Tier 2 guy. They found him early on. They, they took a, a chance on him early. But you know what? If you're not all in on Nebraska, feel free. Go, go sure. shop somewhere else. If you want and, to go to Ohio that's... State, that, that's fair enough. Because it was a guy that Nebraska unearthed. And I think there's a little bit of a, a backhanded slap in the face that Nebraska feels. Maybe not outwardly. I think inwardly, there's got to be a little slap in the face. Hey, we found you. We're the one who put you on the map here. We gave you the offer. You, you were a low three-star whenever we found you. And now that you've made your rise through the senior year, which we expect you to do, you're going to go shop elsewhere. You know what? You, you go shop elsewhere. We'll find somebody else that wants to be here. That's the feel I get from this Carlon Jones. It stings a little bit, but I think Nebraska trusts what they currently have in that defensive line room, A. And B, I think they trust their eye for talent that, hey, we found a late bloomer in you, Carlon Jones. We'll go find another late bloomer that, that nobody else is talking about, and we'll get him before the signing day. No, Nebraska has done a, a nice job of evaluation and then getting those young guys ready. And I didn't think you and I'd be having a, a near-December conversation about a guy worried about playing time, possibly, uh, at Nebraska versus Ohio State huh. <laughs> on the defensive line. And I don't know well, that it'll be any better at Ohio State or wherever he ends up. Well, if, you, if you're worried about the playing time at Nebraska, I, I can understand why a kid says, well, I got the same concern at Ohio State, but they're offering me more money. And look at the guys that they've put in the NFL sure. recently. They're playing for a Big Ten title in late November, our chance to go every single year. Playoff contention? No, I, I get I, I don't, it. I don't fault a kid for saying Ohio State's in on me. I'm going to go check it out. And I don't fault Nebraska for saying, hey, we were in on you first, and if you don't want to be here, if you're not interested in us, you want to go shop around, feel free. Go do that, but just not while you're committed to Prettier us. girl right now. Uh, Tad checks in. Hope you guys have been getting my text. Uh, we don't have a text line, Tad, unfortunately, but here's – a great way to stay in touch with us on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, great year with the uh, talent coach uh, was given, but now it's time to build and don't start with the passing game. Start with learning how to run the ball like Michigan. We hear from Tad from time to time on the phone line. Uh, Anonymous checks in. We'll get to more of your stream comments as well as the show progresses. We'll hear from Matt Rule around 440 or so. So Anonymous says, so apparently it takes $1.5 to $2 million to get a good quarterback out of the portal. So I assume someone will get Jeff Sims for a bag of Skittles and a six-pack of Natty. Anonymous, wow. Uh, I don't have the exact figure that, that Sims got i know there was endorsement deals but that that is a sticking point and and it's the world you live in right now elijah where there are a lot of programs a handful of them that are going to spend to get you got to be able to get that guy to campus uh hope that he is 
uh, as talented. Let's let's use Quinn Ewers as the first million dollar guy, right for for NIL. Goes to Ohio State because he couldn't take the money in Texas. Transfers back to Texas. Texas uh, knocking on the playoff door, and uh, that's just what it is. And there's a lot of coaches privately that are probably just sick about this. And uh, what do you do? I mean, do you roll the dice and spend a lot in the portal, or do you try and see what you got and get what you got better? Well, noted Nebraska hater Bud Elliott from 24-7 in CBS. We spent some time talking about it this week, or him this week. He said maybe that's what it costs to get a quarterback to say yes to play uh, in Nebraska's offense. Wow. Mike Babcock's on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio on a Wednesday. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Mike Babcock is with us, and we say hi to F-Bomb Brian, I believe, out in, is it Kearney, Brian? Hastings, for, Hastings, Hastings. Pride of Hastings right here. Brian, what do you say? There's been something I've been pondering since last uh, Thursday. Uh, Jeff Sims had, what, 47 and passes and on those 47 passes he had six interceptions something like that the picks were up there the fumbles were up there yeah so you're telling me they didn't see this in the preseason like, what were they seeing they had film at georgia tech different offense right so you had turnover numbers that are right there in ink uh you had turnover numbers uh, in the spring, presumably, and then you saw how turnover-prone the offense was overall in the spring. And yeah. and there's word out of camp that you just had turnover issues from the offense in general as you kind of ramped up in fall camp. Now, we weren't uh, hiding or posing as a bush. I mean, we weren't there to physically see it. But, yeah, I mean, you, you've had it. So you bring a guy in that you're kind of tantalized by the tools and you just hope you can fix it or curb it. But, yeah, you know, if the guy has, well, I don't remember exactly how many touchdowns, but it was in the 30s, low 30s, like 32 touchdowns to 26 interceptions, that is a big red flag, my friend. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not giving you a look. Well, uh, and you know what? Maybe there were other options they wanted they didn't get. Yeah. And, and here, here is the option that, that, that is attainable. So let's try and, and see what we got there. You, you, you end up settling sometimes. Kind of like on the last day of deer season, and I haven't got a buck, so I'll just take the spike. Sure, there, there you have it, Brian. Thanks, thanks, yeah, thanks for the thanks for the phone call. There it's he is, F, yeah, F bomb Brian. That we always start sweating there. Uh, we love hearing Brian from Hastings. Mike Babcock with us. Babbers is uh, just all over Nebraska football. Can find him on Twitter at MD Babs and uh, subscribe to his. Twice weekly newsletter with Hale Varsity, uh, Mike B at HerdAdSports.com. Babbers, do you uh, well? Do you believe football season's over? How are you? Uh, football season is never over. I'm fine. <laughs> there, uh, you're right. <laughs> I'm wrong. It's always there. We got recruiting. We got spring ball. We got winter conditioning. It's always there. Yeah, it is. And let's get your thought here. And Elijah and I are, are touching on this and. I want to kind of get your take, portal versus the old-fashioned recruiting. And, you know, what What did you take away from, from Matt Rule uh, when it comes to filling some holes on the roster? Portal, the, um, 
kind of the, the recruiting way where you go high school or JUCO. Uh, what do you think le- uh, the, the lean is for Rule? I think the lean is high school and JUCO recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the portal thing is, is confusing to me because I don't think – like coaches can't just contact a recruit or a guy in the transfer portal and say, hey, we're going to pay you $2 million if you come here or whatever. It, it, there's a fine line, I guess, between what you can do and what you can't do. Or I don't really understand the dynamic of that, of the portal part of it. And you either I, tamper I or you don't, allegedly, right? I mean, yeah, I think that that I think that that's right. And if you're going to do it the right way, you don't. So, you know, where are you? You're better off, I think, going to, to recruit guys that you that you feel like you want and that you can develop and he talked a lot about development and uh i I think that's the way to go i I, you know the the other thing and and i wrote about this um the the fact that nebraska runs runs some option i think that's important because it's something that not a lot of programs do still and sometimes you're not going to get quarterbacks necessarily that want to run option if they want to be a passer and go to the NFL and passing is primarily the thing. Although uh, you, you see a guy like Lamar Jackson, his ability to run mm-hmm. is, is an important factor. And that's a little bit different than it used to be. So um, that all comes into play, I think, when you're trying to specifically trying to recruit a quarterback, whether you're looking at portal or, or recruiting. Mike, what did you make of, of Matt Rule's comments today about the price of a transfer portal quarterback? $1.5 to $2 million. Because here's the thing. It's usually not hard to find a quarterback in the portal. Finding the right one's a little more difficult. But if you go back to 2020, among the top 50 quarterbacks in the 2020 quarterback class, only seven graduated from the school that they committed to as a quarterback. 43 either changed positions or entered the transfer portal and changed schools at some point in time. So there's no shortage of quarterback options out there. Hear that 1.5 to 2 million number. You've had some national commentators saying that seems a little high. Maybe that's just what it is for Nebraska. I want to get your read on that. Is that Matt Rule trying to drum up some NIL within the state and say, hey, you guys want a better quarterback than what you saw this year? Open up your pocketbooks. Or is that Matt Rule setting up the fan base for, for disappointment, I guess, and saying, you know what, we liked what we saw from Chubby, Chubba. Maybe we won't go into the portal this year it's because the price is high but maybe we're just gonna get a set you up for disappointment that way what do you make of that comment i you know i i just think he was being straightforward about where things stand with it you know i i was uh, surprised a little bit surprised i guess that that it was that kind of money that you're talking about when you're going into the portal for a quarterback but i i think he was just trying to be honest about it and and you know, one of the things that you have to consider is, you know, again, it's Nebraska. The the recruiting base in Nebraska is a little bit different than it is from other in other areas where there's a wider population base and it becomes a little bit easier to be in that position where you can entice guys like that. So I think he was just trying to be honest about it. And I think that, you know, as he said, if, if Purdy had been healthy the whole year, um, he might have had an opportunity sooner, and he might have shown what he can what he can do. I mean, you you have to be, I think, loyal to the guys that are in your program that want to be there, 
And uh, I think that's what he was doing. It also goes down to that development philosophy, right, where Rule was pretty adamant throughout the half hour plus today about taking care of guys that, that have invested in, in Nebraska. And not only NIL, but you're going to – you're not going to move off of somebody um, – too quickly. I mean, I think they're going to see it through when it comes to the development, and and he really takes a point of pride in that. That's my read, where he loves watching guys get better, but also giving them the tools to develop and get better, and that's all part of this uh, this build he talks about, where you're going to go get guys, and, and you're going to go get better, and it's not going to be quick, uh, but it's going to be probably appropriate time-wise, and then once it all happens, man, you, you get it going, and it, it's downhill in a good way, right? A downhill run, right? Uh, downhill in, in that way where you go get guys, you, you build, and then you, you get their replacement slash backup built up, and you have depth, you have talent, you have options, and you saw it already in year one with, with how deep the defensive line was. Yeah, you do it the right way, but and, and that's where the transfer portal and the NIL comes into play here is if you're developing a guy and you've had him for a couple of years and he's developed, he's starting to develop, but he is not in the starting lineup yet or whatever. And then somebody comes in and says, uh, or he gets the idea that, hey, I can transfer somewhere else and, and play. It's it, That's where it impacts your ability to develop guys, to keep them in the program. It was different back in the day, you know, when it was difficult to transfer. So you get a guy and you bring him in and he red shirts and then he, you know, uh, plays on the scout squad or whatever. And he, he works his way up, but he can develop and you know that he's going to be in the program. Uh, by the time he's a senior, he's developed and he's really making a contribution. But in the, in the transfer portal NIL situation, he can get to the point where he's, maybe going to get an opportunity to show what he can do. And it's like, well, I'm not starting. I'm going to look for something else. You know, I'm going to go somewhere else. That makes it more difficult, I think, to, de- to develop guys. It's Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radio discussing Matt Rule's presser from earlier today, his first official presser of the offseason. And, Mike, I want to get your thoughts here on uh, – on the recruiting win Nebraska got yesterday, we just spent some time talking about this in the first segment. First, Grant breaks in, Carlon Jones out. You have any reaction to those two? You, you gain a piece on the offensive line and, and lose a piece on the defensive line. Well, I, you know, one of the things that Rule said today was that numbers are going to become a factor too. That if you've got guys that are maybe inclined to look around a little bit, um, give them the opportunity to do that because you have a limited number of scholarships available. And if you don't have a guy that's 100% committed to your program, um, maybe you're better off letting him look around and you're bringing in somebody uh, who is committed to the program who wants to be there. So uh, I think it's a positive, the guy that they got. I think, the, you know, it's it's neither good nor bad that the guy left. You know, that's his decision. He obviously didn't feel like he was the, this is where he wanted to be necessarily. Um that's probably not the kind of guy that they want. And, uh, you know, you can always uh, you can always benefit from an offensive lineman. I think that's, you know, that's the case here. Um, so I, I, I think it's a positive. I, I don't think that it's a, a, a negative. Mike, about 90 seconds, the uh, 
Final vote goes to Mike Babcock in his football office. Would you spend a million plus on a quarterback? Um, well, if I if I had it, but I you know again I, not, <laughs> I love it. it. It's not my decision, um, right? I mean, uh, it, it's still. But I'm saying overall, that. do you see Nebraska ever doing that? Well, I I don't know what the NIL situation is. You know, the 1890 uh, thing. You know what what kind of money is available there, and whether you want to. You know, like Rule said again today. Um, you want that, the money to go to a guy that's in your program, not a guy that's transferring in like that, because you want guys in the program to know that you know that you have belief in them, mm-hmm. and that's that's the thing that I would look at when I'm talking about what, what I spend it. Um, you want to get the money, the big money, to the guys that are in your program. Well, and it, you're you're rolling the dice, presumably, if if you spend that kind of jack on somebody and does he come in deliver and is he as impactful i mean if i'm dropping a million to two million on somebody he better be in that tommy frazier class where you're uh, you're playing for championships that's easier said than done babbers will check in next week thanks for giving us a few minutes today hey thanks guys appreciate it all right there he is mike babcock good stuff from babbers at md babs on twitter We'll hear from Matt Rule. Hail Varsity continues on. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you again. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Radio. Evan Bland coming up at 5. Big thanks to Mike Babcock from Hail Varsity. Brandon has checked in, says... Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for checking in, Brandon. The stream where you can find us, Hail Varsity YouTube, can also go Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for the podcast. And Elijah brought up the, uh, the the stages of grieving. And uh, Matthew checks in and, and lets us know where he's at. Uh, he, I'm I'm more sure of I'm more sure what stage of the grieving process I'm in, but I'm going to try and behave. <laughs> So there's there's the the anger part. Matthew still maybe hovering on. Uh, you have um, uh, Brian checks in. Speaking of quarterbacks, we need a quarterback, and he ain't on the roster for 24. I don't care how much he costs, or at least find one uh, that's within the big red budget. That's that's just it, isn't it? I mean, you're into dollars and cents with the uh, the spending. And it's it's a new world, man. Where, and it's been newer with with NIL. But uh, case in point with with Wazoo, Cam Ward, stud ball player, ten offers, a million each, and uh, that can be the difference for you. It can also break you up if you don't pick the right one, and it can also blow up a room if you've been working on developing somebody that may be ready to to launch with his own career and, and be a really good quarterback for you. So the management part of this is so that's why you get paid a ton of money as a head football coach, coordinator, quarterback coach, right. To, to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Who's on the horn. Gary's on the line. With All us. right, Gary, thanks for hanging on. Go for it. Hey, yeah. I just want to make a couple comments regarding the, the conversation that's going on. And I, I don't disagree with the development 
and the debate with the portal and so forth. But one very important aspect isn't being thrown into discussion, and that is we are critically in need of a quarterback. Mm. You know, if if this team doesn't win next year, it, <laughs> I just say, you know, there's enough grumbling going on this year. And, you know, who was – okay, and the big question, who's going to do this development? If it's the same person that did the development this year, is there a lot of confidence that we can actually do that? I mean, it sounds kind of negative, but it's realistic. Yeah, I would love to see us, you know, find the guy in development, but who are we going to play in the meantime to get us to that next level? I mean, we owe the defense something. We owe them an offense so that they can enjoy wins and the whole team can enjoy wins. So that's that's my that's my statement at it at this point i'm not debating which was the best way i'm saying what do we need right now anyone that says that we don't need somebody that can come in and make something happen is watching a whole different team than i've been watching this year thank you much guys great show gary appreciate you man thanks for the phone call and that's that's a giant (laughs) question and um it's it's the old um give me the right answer give me the right answer at quarterback and that is the question that we don't have an answer to. Based off one season, the, the, the level of faith isn't great with, okay, do you have somebody on here that can, can tutor a quarterback? Well, I'll, I'll say this. You went through three quarterbacks, and despite, despite the turnovers, Elijah, that were, that were reasons for your losses, you still were with your backup quarterback, won five ball games. You had a chance to win three with your third-team quarterback. So the turnovers are very glaring. That's got to get better, yes. And, and let's get into Elijah's reading of the tea leaves because you mentioned the desperation, it almost feels like, for Nebraska to get a quarterback, especially among the fan base. Think I, about, don't, I don't sense that desperation with Rule. Well, well, let me lay out or he's, what or I he's heard he's just today. calm. Let, he's calm, but think about if you're – Amigos this year. You shelled out some money for NIL for, for Jeff Sims mm-hmm. last year. Or if you're any NIL person who, who had any money that was going to Jeff Sims, how do you feel about your investment here now six months later? Probably not great. Well, Probably you, a little less willing to, to shell out for another transfer. If you get another phone call and say, hey, we got another quarterback coming in, oh, really? Is he like the last quarterback? Exactly. I feel like Matt Rule, his comments today, and this is, again, just me reading the tea leaves, no inside information, but reading the tea leaves, I think this is Matt Rule saying, hey, guys, I know you probably don't feel great about your investment with Jeff Sims last year. But I need more. (laughs) But guess what the reality of college football is? How desperate are you for a quarterback? Do you want to see Chubba Purdy lead this offense again next year? I'm not not against it. I'm not against it. That's what I'm saying. Matt Rule's getting up there and saying, that's where we're at right now. And we feel fine about that because transfer portal quarterbacks are a premium. We need some money for And he's it. one of them. And I think he is saying, without saying it, to the NIL powers that be out there, if you want me to go get a quarterback, if you want me to go improve this offense, if you want me to take care of this glaring hole, I need some money in my pocket. I'm going to overshoot. I'm going to say $1.5 Give till it hurts. Give till it hurts. I don't think Matt Rowe needs $1.5 or $2 million, but I think he's throwing that number out there because he wants the powers that be to fork up some money for him to be able to go hit the transfer portal this year, maybe even for more than just a quarterback spot. I, that's how I read this. Is Matt Rule playing on the desperation of Husker Nation, saying, oh, well, maybe we don't need a quarterback. Portal quarterbacks are hard to get. They're very expensive. Maybe we'll just roll with what we and, have. And he, I think he wants, those, he wants the powers that be in Nebraska to panic and say, oh, maybe we don't get a quarterback next year. Here, blank check, Matt Rule. 
go do what you got to do. Get us a quarterback. Who's on the line? We have Bruce on the line. Bruce, thanks for calling. Go for it. Brother Chris, how you doing, bud? We're good, man. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy belated Thanksgiving to you. Hope you and Bunny had a great one. No, she didn't She didn't cook. It worked out. <laughs> man, I hope she's not listening, dude. Me too. You get your tail whipped, man. You know? What's a good word? Hey, so on the quarterback thing, uh, a couple different couple different things. I haven't heard anybody talking about uh, Danny Caitlin. Is he still coming? Yes or no? Yeah, he's he's. He, I mean, the the uh, ink is not dry because it's not been signed, but he's in the class. He's not going to defect. I don't believe. Okay, I just want to make sure that Caitlin's still here with us. And the other thing too is is that the way I'm reading this whole quarterback controversy, if you want to call it that, which I really don't, but. You know, Chubba Purdy's not that bad of a quarterback, and he was injured this year. And, you know, you got to look at the facts that Florida State wanted him. I think uh, one of the Carolinas wanted him really bad. And so the kid has something that a lot of coaches have seen, and I think development with Chubba Purdy is the best way to go. And I think that maybe Matt Rule is trying to ease Huster Nation into believing that because we saw him in three games, you know, do – He's very composed. Let's put it that way. He wasn't a great quarterback, but he was composed. And given the fact that he was behind uh, an offensive line that was piecemealed together throughout the entire season and didn't know how to play, really, to begin the, you know, the season off, the kid didn't do too bad. He did Harvard, really. Bruce, they worked with what they had, and it needed to be better from a ball security standpoint, a thousand percent, but... No, I, I look at I look at Purdy and I look at Harburg. If that's what you're, you're you're running with next year, your job's to get them better so they're not not costing you ball games with turnovers or or find another way to lean and roll offensively. Bruce, we're up against it. Thanks for listening, man. Appreciate the phone call and uh, good to, good to hear from Bruce. Four eight nine twelve forty. We'll promise get you some rule audio here, but no, I think you're right, Elijah. I think. All right, here's the going rate. You want some proven stud, alleged proven stud? Pass the collection plate. Hour one winds down at Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Logger, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Give Elijah a follow on Twitter. Entertaining and insightful at Herbal Essence at Schmidt underscore radio. It's where you can follow me. And uh, this is Matt Rule was asked, do you have to go to the portal to address the quarterback room? I think that the the portal for me is uh, I either want to, if we go to the portal, I either want to get someone with multiple, at any position, someone with multiple years, I think is on caliber with the guys that we have, or someone who's uh, instant impact upgrade, you know, like someone who can make a difference. Um, Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 on the same page, right? So um, <laughs> let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So um, um, you know, there's some teams that have six six or seven million dollar players playing for them. So um, you know, we're 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 uh, we just kind of believe in it's like the old school way, the hard way, building. But that doesn't mean we won't look at people in the portal. It doesn't mean it's just we did it last year, right? It just means. Um, they have to be clearly an impact player for us if they're like a one-year player, or they have to be someone that has multiple years to get in our program and develop. So, um, you know, when I go back and look at our quarterbacks this year, 
obviously, you know, everyone can look at the, the negatives, the turnovers and all those things. I also see a lot of positives. I saw a lot of positives in the way that Chubba played. I, I say to myself, if Chubba had, if Chubba had um, played more throughout the course of the year, would he be further along, right? For whatever, and for whatever reasons he didn't, right? You know, he got banged up and all those different things. Like, I think, I think Chubba has a high ceiling. When I look at Heinrich, I mean, Heinrich wasn't even in quarterback meetings last year. He wasn't even allowed to go to the meetings. So I'm really proud of him. And um, I just think with further development, those guys have two years left. I think they're going to be good players. And so, um, you know, but I'm not, that's, I'm not stupid. It doesn't mean that I'm not looking for everything. I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to be very diligent about the process and um, making sure that, you know, we, th- we always think long term um, unless someone's like a huge impact player. That is a thousand percent it. You've got to think big picture long term, Elijah. But the urgency and in the moment and the, the the quick fix is always hovering. And yeah, if you're if you get it right, if you get it right at quarterback, you are Wisconsin with Russell Wilson. Like the first grad grad transfer that happened back in 2011 was Russell Wilson, who was a 500 quarterback at NC State. J.J. McCarthy is a high school recruit that's kind of been groomed and then was able as a redshirt freshman, replaced a guy, by the way, because of competition at Michigan that had already taken Michigan to a playoff. Uh, I look at LSU, as, as awesome as their offense is with Jaden uh, Daniels, you know, he's, LSU's always a quarterback away. Their defense is still giving up 40 a game, and they're a three-loss team. Hartman, Notre Dame, Killed it at Wake Forest. They're a nine-win football team at Wake. Notre Dame, because of their schedule, Notre Dame's a good football team. They're at, what, eight wins this year. Well, there you go any further than Michael Penix at Washington? And 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 Is Washington a, a playoff team this year without Penix? Abs- Washington, no. no. And, and are, listen, they, are they a damn good team? They're, yes. They're all, you, you got the two most important parts of Indiana. You got the <laughs> offensive coordinator in Kalen DeBoer that's now your head coach, and he brought Penix with him because guess what? Kalen DeBoer finds quarterbacks, and gets him. Now, that's that's the question here. And Rule's approaching this right. You look, you analyze, and you you pray to get it right. But look at, take inventory on what you've got in your room, and you don't run them off. That's absolutely a lesson you learned from last year. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. More on the portal discussion, the holes uh, in the roster, where you go. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald to kick off Hour 2. At Evan Bland, O-W-H, on Twitter. And Evan, it's been uh, an eventful first hour. Uh, a lot of listeners in the stream and on the phones uh, talking about the, the quarterback. We heard from Rule before the end of Hour 1 with his presser today and once your assessment here uh we'll start off with just over overall what'd you take away from from coach rules talk today the the 30 minutes plus he gave us a lot of good good uh, items uh, to hit in there 
Yeah, it was. It was, you know, first of all, I think it's worth mentioning that it's kind of unusual um, to have an end of the year press conference like that. Usually the season wraps up and coaches head off into recruiting and you just kind of go on to the next thing. And he, you know, I I think it was another reminder that Matt Rule really um, puts a high value on communication and, um, you know, sharing things with the fan base. And so he did that to a pretty high level for, like you said, about 35 minutes today, um, assessing the season, talking about roster churn, uh, quarterbacking in the portal and other uh, adventures in the transfer market, um, you know, who, who might be coming back from the current roster, who's not. So, yeah, I thought it was it was all pretty informative to me. Kind of the, the big picture takeaway was when he said his mind's already on to year two, right? The Black Friday was almost a week ago, and, and now it's about um, it, trying to assemble what that roster is going to look like for next year, getting down to 85 scholarships, uh, kind of figuring out what that personnel is going to look like, and then eventually, once things settle down a little bit, sort of assessing uh, more of the football piece of things, what Nebraska did well, what it didn't, how they're going to adjust. So uh, just sort of on the precipice of a really busy month of December ahead with the transfer portal opening, signing day, early signing period next month. So lots going on, but uh, definitely appreciated Matt Rule taking a little time to break it all down today. So let's talk quarterback here, and the numbers were put out there for uh, Nebraska fans with the, the going rate for, for quarterbacks, right? Uh, between one and two million dollars, and there's got to be frustration in the world of college football where, say you've got a good kid that's been kind of working but behind the scenes or had a really great year where you've uh, put the time in on the trail, you got him ready, he goes out there, balls out, and uh, cha-ching, here comes um, your, your uncle from the uh, the SEC. Kidding, SEC, sorry. But uh, <laughs> there, there's a McDonald's bag full of money, and uh, now it's all legal. And uh, yeah. that guy you've spent time and, and sweat and effort in developing is no longer on your roster. Uh, that's the world you live in in college football now because of NIL money and portal and transfer opportunity. But, you know, what's what's Nebraska's best step forward, in your opinion, Evan, with that quarterback group? Well, you know, first of all, what, what Matt Rule said today when he was asked about NIL and the portal, he said the one thing he's against is – teams buying players off of other rosters and that's like you, to your point there's there's been some of that going on you look around college football certainly and you see some examples of quarterbacks who are uh, into the portal and committing elsewhere as grad transfers uh, before it even opens in mass next week so there's definitely uh, a lot of behind the scenes work already going on communication between a lot of schools um, you know Nebraska situation it'll be It'll be interesting. Like, there's so much that we still don't know. I mean, Matt Rule said, for example, to, that he's meeting with Jeff Sims tomorrow. He doesn't know his intentions yet, whether he uh, will stick around at Nebraska or go elsewhere. Um, you know, uh, he, he made mention of the fact that Heinrich Harburg, a year ago, wasn't allowed in quarterback meetings from the previous staff. Like, that's just kind of what their opinion was of him and his future at that position. So he's still pretty early in his uh, process and, and, and Chubba Purdy, you know, rule again was pretty complimentary of 
the ceiling there. So you would figure that at least two of those players would stick around. Um, and then you've got Daniel Kalen coming in from Bellevue West. He's been committed for a number of months now. And, yeah, I mean, whatever emerges from the portal, and it seems like there's a different name every day, and it's possible that that name's not even – in the market yet i mean because again if you're if you're not a grad transfer your coach hasn't uh you know left your program you're not even able to enter the portal just yet so we don't have even a full scope of what those names could be uh it's interesting there are there are already a lot of really interesting names in there some long shots some with previous uh, connections to nebraska or to matt rule jerry bohannon for example uh from from south florida he was a matt rule recruit and the headliner recruit in his 2018 class and it looks like he's going to have one year left somewhere so guys like that you don't know if uh if that would be an answer for a, sort of a one-year transition sort of situation or if nebraska is going to double down on on a, a multi-year start or somebody that they can develop over the course of a couple of different seasons so uh, where the still the full picture is still coming into focus, and I think they're just at the early stages of it. So my take from what Matt Rule said today was they're still uh, very flexible on what that's going to be as the information comes, uh, you know, comes to become evident. Evan, the the two thoughts I had with Matt Rule's comments about the, the transfer quarterback today, I want to get your thoughts kind of briefly before I ask you a question. One is that either Matt Rule is trying to drum up some additional NIL support from the powers that be in Nebraska saying, you know, $1.5 million, open up the checks, checkbook folks, or he's trying to undersell over deliver. And if he ends up not getting a portal quarterback that he likes, then he's kind of set the expectations low. And if he does get one, then great. I already said how difficult it was going to be. Now I'm, I'm over delivering by bringing you a transfer portal quarterback. So my question to you is if we get to late May and Chubba Purdy, is the presumptive starter at Nebraska in the fall? Do you think Husker Nation revolts? What do you think the reaction to that will be? Well, you know, I, I think it's going to depend on how things go between now and then. If he has a great spring and balls out in the spring game and, and the offense looks different and it takes care of the ball and it, you know, cleans up so many of the mistakes that we saw this season, then you could you could make a case for it. I mean, he was a highly rated recruit out of high school, former four-star kid from Arizona. So, like, the pedigree is there. Obviously, everyone knows what his brother's doing in the NFL. So he's from a, a pretty good gene pool in that regard, too. Uh, again, I think a lot of it's going to depend on who ends up in the portal. I mean, who's who, who, who are we talking about? Like, the high-end guys, a lot of them already know where they're going. That's pretty evident. And, you know, you can have a, a bunch of money, but you still have to have the quarterback pick you and so like it's just it's a matter of finding that match and and that person may not be there now that person may not be there until the spring i mean that's when that second round of uh of, of roster movement occurs is after the spring and depth charts are a little bit more uh, visible and and you go from there and um so you know we'll just have to kind of see how that goes that's what it was for casey thompson last spring if people remember like that that was a move that uh didn't occur until the spring and then so like there's just so much that's going to go into it between now and then. And, and, you know, you talk about rule in his press conference today. I always get the sense when he's talking to the media that he's really talking to his players. And so to me, that was not so much a, Hey, let's raise the money because I think Nebraska has the money. It's, it was more uh, a vote of confidence for his players, a vote of confidence for um, development that, that he's been able to hang his hat on as a head coach for the last decade. 
uh, and maybe, you know, uh, uh, something that could be um, attractive to somebody who is in the portal who wants to be developed at Nebraska over the next couple of years. So that's kind of how I see it. Uh, you know, again, we're we're less than a week removed from the end of the regular season. There's uh, a lot of time for things to sort of come to light, uh, and, and we just got the first taste of that today. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World. Harold at Evan Bland, OWH on Twitter, talking Nebraska, the portal, quarterback, and uh, into the uh, air quote off season if there is such thing. And <laughs> when when you look at this Nebraska development mindset, this philosophy. I, I believe with what I've seen that the team can get better. The turnover has got to get stopped or or drastically dialed back on because that held you back. But do you think that there's what it takes on, on staff offensively? And, and Rule was kind of asked this uh, when it comes to, to duties, right? I mean, he's assessing all of that. The plan was to have a quarterback's coach. Didn't have that in year one. And you might have it in year two. You may not. But can can whoever's in that quarterback room, portal or not, get to the re- get get uh, season to the level they need to be at to go win ball games? I mean, what's your confidence level like uh, moving forward with that? Does Nebraska have what they need uh, coaching wise uh, on staff right now to get better at quarterback? I mean, I think Matt Rule believes that they do, and and that's kind of the thing that matters. He he. Pretty, was pretty clear about that a few weeks ago. Um, you know, this idea he, he was saying back then of, of firing someone, starting over with different terminology and, uh, you know, resetting every year. He called that ridiculous, uh, especially as it pertained to Marcus Satterfield and some of the close losses that Nebraska's had. It, but, you know, it, it will be interesting. And, and Rule did say today that, like, as much as he thought his staff did a good job this year, that will be part of the evaluations that he has when things slow down a little bit, once once the portal presumptively, once the portal closes and, and they're able to focus a little bit less on the roster and some of the other things. But like, you know, you've got, you've got Tony White who's interviewing for jobs who it looks like, or, or he did not get that San Diego state job today. That was filled by Sean Lewis. So, um, you know, maybe Nebraska, dodged a bullet there, but that's that, you know, his name's going to continue to be on the market this off season. And then as rule said, like the vision offensively originally was for Satterfield to coach tight ends and be the offensive coordinator and have somebody else be uh, the quarterback's coach. And it didn't work out that way. And they hired it a different way. So what do you, you know, how do you potentially restructure that in the off season? Um, you think about Josh Martin, who was promoted to full-time tight ends coach before the season. You know, what the, what's what happens with him? Does he stay in that role? Does he move back into more of an analyst position where he was? Like these are all things that Matt Rule's going to have to figure out and decide to try to maximize, uh, especially on the offensive side, what this thing can be. And as it pertains to turnovers, like as rough as it was and man was it rough like i also think it's one area that can flip pretty quickly and look no further than northwestern i mean they cut down their their offensive giveaways by 21 they went from 30 to 9 and it was a huge reason why they go from 1 and 11 to 7 and 5 so like it can happen it's not uh this far-fetched idea that nebraska can cut down on some of these things and if some of that comes down to coaching then maybe that's something we'll see reflected in these moves in the months ahead it's evan bland from the omaha world herald with us here hail varsity radio and evan let's switch gears here talk about nebraska's recruiting victory of last night grant bricks 
from Logan Magnolia out in Iowa. He's going to be a Husker, assuming he puts his pin to paper here in a couple of weeks in the early signing day. I'll get your reaction to that. Just how big of a recruiting win is that for Nebraska? Yeah, it's, it's huge on a number of fronts. I mean, anytime you beat Oklahoma, Kansas State, Alabama, for the services of anybody, it's notable. Uh, and then you add to that the fact that it's at a position like offensive line where it looks like Bricks could, you know, 6'6 six, six and, and 290 has the body of a college tackle for a number of years. Um, that, it's huge. It's, it's, it's a, a testament to the message that Matt Rule's put out there. Uh, it's the biggest recruiting win for Donovan Riola as offensive line coach at Nebraska. Uh, you know, I talked to Bricks this morning about it. He said Corey Campbell, the strength coach, was a big part of it too, and his track record of getting guys physically ready to play at a high level. So that all goes into it. Um, the fact that it's the uh, number one recruit from the state of Iowa at a, at a town in Logan, Iowa, that's just 90 miles from Lincoln. Like that's all key stuff. And, you know, you, you look to it as Nebraska tries to, to rise and be a contender in the big 10, like it's going to start with owning both uh, lines of scrimmage on the offensive and defensive side. And I think we saw a lot of that, defensively this year and you look at what this offensive line could be uh in a couple of years as it as it transitions throughout uh, you know transitions over from some of its current starters that are going to be out by 2025 i mean bricks is a guy if his if he lives up to the potential that he has right now could be a multi-year starter on the edge for nebraska down the road so uh competitive kid really explosive run blocker um you know his, his high school team really doesn't pass at all so it's hard to know what uh, his skill level is as a pass pro, pass protector right now, um, but massive win for them for sure. Real quick, Evan, we'll get you out in about sixty seconds. Carlon Jones, are you surprised that uh, he decommitted? Uh, not necessarily. And Matt Rule kind of alluded to that today too. I mean, when you identify somebody first, the way Nebraska did, and uh, and then they blow up for their senior year, um, bigger schools are going to come calling. And that Ohio State. Um, offer and, and in visit clearly made a difference for him and uh, I think that's just going to happen sometimes when you're uh, a team like Nebraska that does identify its own talent um, you're going to hit on some guys that uh, you're probably not going to reap the benefits of of uh, making that identification so uh, you know not ideal that was a guy that Nebraska would really like to hang on to in its class but as, as Rule said today too I mean they have a lot of work to do to get down to 85 scholarships and um, not that you want to lose a guy of that caliber, but if there's a silver lining in it, it's, um, you know, I guess one step closer to figuring out what this roster will look like next season. Evan, we'll give you a shout next week. Always love talking ball with you. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is, Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald. Take your calls and comments. We'll get to more of your thoughts in the stream yard. can always watch the show and rewatch the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. And uh, more from Matt Rule. Hail Varsity continues powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. 489-1240. Number to get in. Cornhead Lager powers this Hail Varsity Radio. Wednesday, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, more from Matt Rule here. A junk talk on the way. And uh, Brian on the line. 489-1240. Brian, thanks for hanging in. Hi, how are you? Good. What do you think? Well, I was just sitting here listening to you about the quarterback situation, and 
Here's my feeling on it. We can't gamble. I, mean, I think Purdy, yeah, I agree. Purdy's going to be a pretty good quarterback, but <clears throat> I don't believe that room's solid enough, solid enough just to rely on him. Sure. Because Harburg's not a solid number two quarterback. Har- Harburg's not even a quarterback as far as I'm Here's the thing, and, and listen, he, he got you to five wins this year. I know there's limited passing, at least for, for what you've seen. You, you saw how tough he was. You saw him find ways to do it. Are you, are you shutting off the ability to get better on Harburg? That, that's mm-hmm. the question you have, mm-hmm. to, you have to ask yourself. And, and, and he's not played enough football per rule to, to do that, the same way they're not doing it to Purdy. Yeah, and then as far as I'm concerned, maybe Rule ought to give like a million of his salary back because he sure didn't earn it this year. Hold on, dude. You don't think he earned his his, his money? I know no. they, didn't, they didn't get to a bowl no. game, but with their injuries. I mean, and... How many games did Northwestern win? Well, did they beat Nebraska? No, but they won seven games, and they played pretty much the whole West Division like we did. Well, I mean, no, they they did. I think they are a little bit better at quarterback too, and and I don't think they from got a, beat up at the end of the year too. Yeah, from a turnover standpoint, they they were. Well, you can spin, you can spin any way you want. No, I I get you. I I think I think that's that's a little outlandish to call for rule to give some of his money back. I think he did a good job in year one. Did uh, did you want more wins? Yes. Should there be, there have been better management moments? Yes. But I think they developed, and I think. I think they'll uh, they'll be better in, in year two, and I think they'll be better to the tune of you know that seven eight nine win number. It's going to be a, a build. It's going to test your patience, but it's not going to be a nightmare. Nine wins. I said wow. seven eight. I said nine maybe. You got to get quarterback right, which is what we're we're talking about, right? Still got the same OC, so well. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> comes down to management. Hey Brian, thanks for the phone call, yeah. bud. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. There he is. Yeah, I mean, again, there's there's very little appetite for watching this reconstruction. Yeah, and that's the thing is you go back to last December, last January, and Trev and Matt Rule both said, it ain't going to be quick. We're going to do this the right way. We're going to mm-hmm. build a developmental football program. We're going to build it up the right way for long-term sustained success. And then people aren't getting results fast enough, and now it's, oh, Matt Rule needs to give a, a million dollars of his salary back. I Was Brian going to go with the old – he needs to put that into the NIL fund because that would be an NCAA violation uh, for that to happen. I was wondering if that's where he was going to go. This is from Uncle Art. You, you stopped him first. But that being said, like like last winter, it was, yes, like that's what Nebraska needs. They need development on the lines of scrimmage. They need development as a football team. That's how T.O. did it. And now you see the results of that of, oh, it's going to take a little bit. You can't microwave these results of development. People get impatient. They say, oh, Matt Rowe needs to give his money back. Which I understand. There's frustration. There's emotions that come with a football season. How about you season. get good enough on offense to not make the quarterback be your go-win-it-for-us dude? And that's what I said coming into the season. I think there's a reality in college football that you do as good as your offensive line is, as good as your running backs may be. You still you, need a quarterback that can be a focal maker. point of your offense. Like, J.J. McCarthy... I think you could replace him with an average college football quarterback, and Michigan would still win a lot of games. They might still even run the table. I think J.J. McCarthy is slightly above average, but he's still a focal point of that offense and how he manages the game, how he finds his wide receivers, uh, the the confidence and kind of the leadership he has. He takes care of the ball mo- exactly. for the most part. It's it's not 1992 anymore, and you can't have a quarterback that you just hide and your focal point is your, your running backs and your offensive line anymore. You can't do that anymore. Son, don't fumble in the, the ball. Modern, in the mo- modern college football. But that being said, 
I don't think Matt Rule wants an offense where his quarterback is his best player on offense. You still need a, a game changer there. Not maybe a game changer, a focal point. You don't want to build around your quarterback, but, man, he can make things a lot easier offensively. Uh, you had Rule asked about the lessons from the Sims experiment. Here's Coach's answer. Well, I'm never going to say anything that's going to sound – it all sound disrespectful towards a player. So, you know, um, I think Jeff's an amazing, amazing young man, an amazing human that was there for his teammates every step of the way. Um, you know, had we started off with a couple layup games and, you know, he got some confidence, maybe things would have gone better. Um, you know, he, um, he, he, uh, he's really talented, um, can run, dynamic, can make all the throws, you know, just turn the ball over too much. Um, and uh, but I love who he is. I love the person that he is. So in terms of in terms of you know kind of what what what's the what's the lesson from it? Um, I just think it's in, true for everyone. I, I work for a guy named Marty Herney, um, who was a longtime general manager of the Panthers, and it was with me. They got they got fired after one year and went to the Washington Redskins Commanders. Excuse me, Commanders. Um, and he said to me, "Hey Matt, just remember they're all fourth round picks. You know, like." When you bring players in with like sort of this expectation, you know they're all fourth round picks and they need time. And it's it's some you know some you look at some of the you look at some of the portal quarterbacks that are having a ton of success, Penix and Knicks and all those guys like they've been there for a while, right? They've had a couple of years to develop in that system, you know. And so, I think there's a lot of things to it, um, but I don't regret taking Jeff. I think Jeff's been an amazing teammate, and uh, I've loved having him here. And um, I think he can he can do a lot of things to help a football team. Um, I wish we would have done a better job by him, maybe in some ways, it helped him more. Um, but I do think that I do think that we all have a tendency sometimes, and this is not about Jeff, just in general, to like forget that if some of the guys that we have went into the portal, people would be going nuts trying to get them. You know, so like you just have to make sure that you 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 value your own roster with with as much um, respect as other people would if those guys went into the portal. If that makes sense, and so. Um, um, we're just we're just trying to learn as we go about how to manage the portal plus high school recruiting. So, so yeah, yeah. By the way, with Knicks, I mean Knicks was like told to leave Auburn, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Turns himself into a Heisman candidate. Right. Should, shouldn't win it, but he should be on the stage. No, and and guy got hurt, got passed over, and had an opportunity, and and man, he's been good. Schmitty, you were there though. Did did Matt Rule put a, a quarter in the swear jar for calling the no the he did, he did, the he did not he did not and that's okay he he was like oh oops wrong wrong take there to be fair commanders terrible mascot they should have stuck with the Washington football team honestly right Washington football team I hated when it first came out and then it like kind of grew on me and mm-hmm. they switched over to the commanders which is just awful 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 generic NFL name I don't blame Matt Rule there. Let's uh, go to the development phase here, and Mitch Sherman asked this question. Are you set on offense and the, the topic of reassignment? Do you have the, the, the people you want and need on the offensive staff right now? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Um, you know, when I hired Sat, the goal was to have a quarterback coach and have Sat coach the tight ends. It didn't work out. Um, you know, I think in the first year at, at a place like this, you get pulled in a lot of directions, and um, – um, whereas some people think some of our coaches do a bad job, sometimes I think they did a great job. You know, um, you know, um, um, like I, I, you know, like you're Ter- I think Terrence is a great young coach, but like I can coach. Let me be the D line coach, coach Nash and Ty and Jamari. Like those guys are grown; they played a lot of football. You know, so um, I think a lot of our coaches did, did some of their best coaching jobs of the year, um, the best coaching jobs. Um, with that being said, with that being said. 
the process that we talked about with Sam, like I'm, I'm going to go through that process and every year I'll do that. Um, and just figure out, especially now as, as the rules have changed a little bit, you can have analysts and now we hope that the FOC will pass that analysts can coach a position. I think it gives you some flexibility to bring in some experienced coaches to help. And maybe they can't help on game day, but they can help throughout the year. I, I don't even know why there's even a rule against it. Like what's wrong with having people that want to help young people. I mean, so, um, there's a lot of things in flux, you know, obviously, you know, because Tony's name's been thrown around a bunch. There's a lot of things like, you know, so instead of like, why, why rush? Just, just, just wait and see what's right, you know, and um, part of that's having great conversations with the assistant coaches, which I did yesterday with some of them, you know, just, hey, what went right, what went wrong? And then just being really meticulous and making a really smart decision. So Rule just was very transparent there. There's things to talk about. There's things to get better at. Is there a reality of having too much on one guy's plate? What they did do versus what they wanted to do? If things move forward, here's an analyst slash quarterback coach that you, you could bring in, and, and maybe that, that helps fix things. Um, let's talk about what you hit on, Elijah, and that was slotting and NIL spending. And this was a pretty big question and this was the right answer. You want to take care of the folks that are trying to help you get better and, and help you win now versus spending on the unknown. Because that would rub you wrong. That would absolutely rub you wrong if you're in that locker room. I want to be careful how I say that because I don't, you know, again, because you're right. Like, we, we, can't have, we can have no influence. We can't direct it. And, um, you, know, I'm, you know, one thing I want to, Bill Polian, I listened to Bill Polian talk when I was in the NFL, and he said, make sure that the highest, the highest paid guy on your team it's not someone, not a free agent who comes in from the outside. This is the NFL. Um, if you want to have a healthy locker room, let guys know that hey, if you stay here, uh, what you what you what you do will be rewarded. Your know, name, image, and likeness is, is supposed to say that because of your name and what you do, people want to have you be associated with their business, their corporation, their charity, their foundation. So um, yeah, I would always always. I mean, I consider the guys on the team my guys. I'd always want them to be taken care of. And then that being said, we have to procure talent. We have to get guys to come in to make them our guys. Um, I just don't, you know, I, I'm just anxious to see like the teams in the college football playoff, how many of them, how many of them, um, you know, have guys who are, you know, the whole team, the, not, not one or two guys, I'm talking about the whole roster. Like, was it a massive overhaul or was it kind of a lot of, a lot of their own recruiting with some key additions? I think if you want to get to a certain spot, you should look at what those spots do. And, um, you know, I, you know, my, my, um, former, former coach of mine just got the Syracuse job and, was at Georgia, and you look at Georgia, they're, they're mainly high school recruiting, right, and um, keeping their guys. And, and so I think there's, there's a lot to it. You know, I mean, like, this is only my first – this is most guys only second or third year doing it. This will be my second year going through this process. Um, but the guys we brought in the portal last year, I want to make this like, – like they've been amazing parts of this team. I consider them – I consider Ben Scott. I consider MJ Sherman. I consider them, our, you know, our guys, you know, so – um, I just want the guys on our team to know that if they stay here and they're loyal, you know, good things will happen to them. It's the right answer. Take care of the guys that are helping lay the bricks for you. But the bricks. All, the bricks. Right. Sorry. Ah, also, I saw what you did. Also, make sure that if you got to go get a difference maker, if he's like, I love what I'm hearing from Coach Matt Rule, uh, and I think they're going to be, I could help this offense. Then, then go handle it. Go handle it. And you, you just don't have to be committed right now, but you got to be scanning all of it. You got to be wondering with that eye. 
a little bit more on the NIL and quarterback pricing. We'll get back to that. We'll get to more of your comments in the stream. Hail Varsity YouTube's where you can watch us. Give us a follow on Hail Varsity Radio at H Varsity Radio. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the podcast, download it. And uh, we'll have a jock doc, more thoughts, Nebraska, as a rule reassesses year one as uh, we roll forward. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us, a Jock Doc with Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon, how we doing? Hey, I'm doing great, buddy. You guys recover well after Thanksgiving? Oh, we put on a few pounds, and now it's, uh, well, we're harnessed to the treadmill, unfortunately. <laughs> That's that's how that's we're doing. Right it is right as long as it's not the old uh, huggy bear punishment where uh, <laughs> it's it's level eleven and then incline eleven. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that'll teach you not to be late to class. Anywho, uh, just tremendous running back that's had a bit of drama this year with the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, the former Badger, and uh, of course had the contract uh, issue. Uh, was dinged, and, and he's had some injury history and now out for the season as he's got to have uh, surgery on his thumb. And uh, that's uh, well, that's a big part of that, keeping the football secure so there's no fumbling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I haven't been, obviously, like a lot of the injuries here, super forthcoming on kind of the whole details of, of everything with the thumb. Um, but uh, clearly, uh, you know, extensive enough, they're talking surgery for it. You know, we, we've talked a few times about some thumb injuries here on the show. Um, you know, kind of the two main things that we tend to see with some of our thumb injuries, the biggest one probably be more on the fracture side. So kind of at the base of the thumb, you know, typically what happens is you, you, you lay that hand down on the turf to kind of brace yourself or it gets you know, hung up or caught up on somebody's jersey as they're tackling you, you're tackling them, and that thumb gets kind of bent back to the outside. One, you tend to have fracturing occurs at kind of the base of the thumb when that happens. Uh, there's a specific term for that called like a Bennett's fracture, which is at the base of the thumb, tends to split kind of into the, we call the interarticular portion or joint base portion. Uh, if it doesn't involve fracture, then it tends to move a little further up the thumb to an area where there's a ligamentous structure on that inside part of the thumb that stretches, and you essentially kind of lose the ability to bring your thumb over to your index fingers. So if you think about kind of pinching a paper between those two fingers, that would be where that injury occurs. You kind of lose the ability to do that, which obviously carrying a football, would that would be impacted. Dr. Brandon, and you, you kind of painted a good picture of just putting your hand down or bracing yourself can this also occur if you're carrying the football in that hand where, you know, your thumb's over presumably the, the laces or you're gripping the outside of, of the, the tip? Can you take a helmet there and cause the same sort of injury, or is it all about how you're falling and, and putting your hands up? Yeah, you know, good question. Most of the time it's more kind of on the, you know, kind of bracing yourself, kind of that we call that hyperextension move. But, yes, absolutely, you take a direct shot. As you're carrying the football, with, you know, when somebody hits you the helmet there, yeah, you can easily you know, develop a crack kind of across that area. Is this an area that is pretty easy to heal? We talk a lot about different extremities and blood flow. Let's go a little bit there from the the surgery itself, then to just um, how how invasive that that part of the the body, that part of the hand is. Yeah, and so in that area, do typically. 
fracture healing wise, and you know, usually heal really well, surgery versus non-surgery. The big issue always is, you know, where this injury occurs and basically where the ligamentous slash musculotendinous kind of attachments are. Um, if you have those attachments near certain parts of the bone and you break kind of really close to those, then what happens is you start to develop a thing called a deforming force, and that starts to basically pull that small kind of bony piece away from where it's supposed to be. So if that's happening, like, for example, like down near the joint aspect, then you start to have a joint that's not congruent anymore, and that would be when you start talking about needing more like that surgical intervention piece. And that's essentially what this probably is the scoop on this one. Um, otherwise, if it's more kind of on the, the long bone part, like on the metacarpal part, those usually heal really well. Um, even without surgical intervention, you usually can kind of hold those in place, with whether it be a splint or a cast. But again, the ones that tend to occur more kind of in the joint area, those tend to displace more and tend to be difficult to hold, just like a cast or a mobilization. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us here, a Jock Doc Wednesday on Hale Varsity Radio. And Dr. Brandon, the Colts obviously going to want to get to Jonathan Taylor back as quickly as possible. They currently hold that final wild card spot in the AFC, despite everything that's seemingly gone wrong for them. Gardner Minshew is their, Gardner Minshew is their starting quarterback. Jonathan Taylor now on the shelf. The Broncos hot on their heels, if I do say so myself. And I want to get your thoughts. The Colts unwilling to put him on injured reserve just yet, so they think maybe he can be back before that four-week mark. But uh, they said they'll make their final decision by the end of the week. Do you have any feel on, on the recovery time on this under four weeks? Do you think that sounds possible? Yeah, I sure do. That's yeah, that's a good question. Um, we typically see pretty quick recoveries with any type of surgical intervention, especially if it's fracture. The big thing with those is, you know, one, can you play with the cast? Sure, there's times we do that. Um, in the scenario of needing surgery, though, what you have to watch out for, so yes, you do surgery, you stabilize it, you can cast above kind of where you did surgery to per- further protect it. But what you have to watch out for when you're starting to be, you know, pretty aggressive about return to play, it's the infection issue. And so you really want to have those incisions or kind of any type of wound site well healed before you kind of go back and start playing and again sweating over that kind of incision site, getting the incision site wet. Then you worry about infection issue. The other thing you worry about too is if this is something that as opposed to like putting plate and screws over the bone, closing the skin over the top, if you have to just put pins in, pins typically stick out to the skin, <clears throat> you'd want to have those pins taken out before you obviously play just from an infection risk, even if it's you know covered, covered with cast. Those are usually kind of the big limiting factors. The other thing that would limit this would be if they have to do more ligamentous work. If you have to do more ligamentous work, sometimes that recovery is longer, so even though you might be able to throw a cast on top of it, um, it's still at risk of being having further damage um, even underneath the cast. And so sometimes if they do ligamentous work, it makes that recovery return to play a little bit longer. Dr. Brandon, one of the options we haven't discussed here is to go Ronnie Lott, just chop the whole thumb off. Is that, <laughs> is that possible? How important is your thumb? <laughs> you know, that, uh, that thumb apposition, uh, it's a kind of a difficult thing to live without. Uh, you know, enough so that if somebody does, you know, there's kind of an interesting thought on this, if somebody does, you know, lose a thumb, um, typically that's the one finger you start thinking about doing transfers for to try to regain some of that kind of apposition because it's such an important joint in your body. So they'll do a thing where they basically will transfer the big toe to your thumb, okay? So a large big toe to thumb transfer is called a polycization. Um, and so that actually is a, a very important, uh, essentially, the finger digit to have. You do that, and no one will ever thumb wrestle you again. <laughs> 
<laughs> Might change the game a little bit there, right? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell happened to your thumb? Well, it's actually my big toe. Long story. I got hit in the third quarter and uh, was never the same. Uh, 50 bucks? I want to wrestle? Uh, we're talking uh, Jonathan Taylor, his thumb injury. The Colts trying to hang on and keep Elijah's Broncos out of the playoffs. A jock doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, Dr. Brandon Seifert. And the one thing about Taylor, man, just a tough dude, just to wrap on this, he finished the game. He finished the game. And, yeah. uh, and then after the fact, they're like, hey, we got to shut you down. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can can make it back in that four-week window and where the Colts go, uh, no quarterback, uh, no uh, Pro Bowl running back, and still at 6-5. and five. Dr. Brandon, we'll, uh, we'll get caught up again next week. Thanks so much for the info on Jonathan Taylor. Hey, you bet, fellas. You guys take care. Good stuff from Dr. Brandon. A Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Jonathan Taylor, and uh, still could have beaten me in fantasy football had he... Uh, been started by our illustrious commissioner. Vital thoughts on the rural press conference day. Hail Varsity continues. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Well, I'm getting stared at by a linebacker here in in studio. Tim Bob's popped in. Be sure to check out Real Red Reaction. They're all posted from uh, the post games, and I'm not asking you to be a masochist and go back if through. If you're depressed enough on a Wednesday afternoon, don't go, go back through. Don't go, don't go back through the the, the <laughs> losses, but they're they're all posted for you, is what I'm saying. YouTube channel. Hail Varsity YouTube and Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Do you want to go relive that loss to Colorado? Now's your chance. I remember Melton in the courtyard. We had such a, a great time in Boulder aside from, you know, the, the game, the second half. But it was and trying to get in. Oh, for, yeah, your, your computer overheated in it that It did. Courtyard. It started melting. And it's the station's computer. So we had to move inside uh, because Daddy couldn't pack a, a, a tent on the plane, you know. Uh, and, and I didn't make Pack Mule Elijah drive out with a tent. <laughs> but on the bright side, because we moved inside, we got to hang out with the Snitleys. We got to witness yeah, the we, Boulder we, Peace we, Treaty. We, we, got to, we got to witness the Boulder Trees PD. I see, uh, I see the Snitleys uh, when we're down at Rosie's on Monday night with, uh, with bags. They're playing bags. So it's pretty good. Tim Bob's checking in. Reminder to buckle up this holiday season. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, uh, make it click. A message from the NDOD Highway Safety Office. And Tim, Bob, we're not on. You're not on camera here. But uh, what a what an adventurous season this was. Man, I'm telling you, it was it was a little bit of a masochist. But uh, <laughs> just story, second verse, third verse, four verse, right? Uh, and 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 uh, season upon season, different season. You're one, but. Yeah, Nebraska fans are, are looking for a little bit different outcome next season. Tim, Bob, do you have $1.5 million you're willing to throw at Nebraska's next quarterback? Easy money, man. <laughs> talk, talk to... Uh, Tim, Bob's like, yep, we'll just get the old offering plate right, passed but, around. But there, there's some people who are taking care of that, right? right. There, yeah. There's some... Here's the deal. Make, if, you, if you're going to spend it, make sure it runs. Right. Okay? That, that's just it. If you're going to spend it, make sure it runs. Yeah, don't don't go buy you a, a Mazda when you think you bought you a Maserati. Like, sure. Mm. <laughs> Let's uh, one more thought here from from Matt Rule. Can we squeeze in cut five nil 
and uh, quarterback prices. One more. Uh, One more. uh, Ah, ah, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I think you're done talking. No, I'm sorry. That was pretty funny, though. Coach, go ahead. Uh, It is what it is. I would not let people be able to buy people off another roster. It's so simple. Like you think about you recruit somebody and you develop them for two years and then someone comes in and takes them and then that coach gets fired. You know, it's like, well, he actually did a pretty good job. So, um, you know, I, I just, that part of it. But I think young people getting, um, I think I think the players getting a piece of, you know, their name, image, and likeness is, that, that makes sense to me. 100% makes sense to me. I, there's not one part of me that's ever had a problem with it. You know, I mean, I was in the NFL and, you know, I was an assistant coach. Every player made more than me. I was a, as a head coach. Most of the players made more than me, or a lot of the players made more than me. Like, they're the ones out there doing the work. I have no problem with that part of it. I just the the hey, let me come in and you know take you from the roster. That you know that part is that part is uh, unique, but it is what it is. That would absolutely infuriate me. Protect against it. Montana Husker checks in to send us uh, off to uh, the evening. I think Rule had a good point that the offense needs to get better overall take some pressure off the quarterback yes ding 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 and you have to put too much pressure on the qbs the last 10 years starts with guys like bricks Gatula, yep. pile hey adrian go win it if i was if i was going to spend money i'd spend it on an offensive line yeah that's the way to go back tomorrow at four with hail varsity thanks for tuning in a hood at media production